Yes, absolutely. I can hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Okay. So, How okay. So, I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? I am uh, very good. Still in the office. Um, oh. If you hear, if you hear some sounds of people singing, it's not me. Uh, it's actually my neighbor next door because they've got a karaoke lessons going on. And um, oh, okay. It's okay. That's yeah. So uh, my neighbor, good. my neighbor actually conducts uh, some training sessions. Um, Ah, okay. uh, sometimes we have got um, calls at this hour, and and um, I'm usually asked, you know, whether I'm having a party in the office. But um, okay. no, I don't have a party. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So um, <laughs> okay. Thanks for that uh, information. So we won't be worried if we hear anything. So, nope. uh, so I already introduced uh, you earlier before you came on, but I just wanted. To... Yes, I heard. I heard as yes, you were, oh, as okay. I was waiting for you to accept. I heard that you were talking to yourself, <laughs> and you were giving me a glowing account of um, <laughs> what you know of me, and uh, it's yes. pretty good. You know, the yes, only yes. thing, the only problem is I cannot say much about you because I don't know much about you except. You know uh, the fact that you're a system professor in NTU. So do I call you prof or what do I call no, you call during this Wally, entire please. conversation? Call me Wally. Wally. No, yes. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I call you prof. How's that? Do you no, like that? Okay. I call no, you... no, no. I don't. I don't like that. So call me Wally. My students call me Wally. <laughs> My students call me Wally. So that's fine. Oh, yeah, I see. So... I see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how so... long have you been a professor at NTU? <laughs> Why do I... I'm asking the questions? I'm supposed to. Be no, but I want to know as well. So I, I gotta find yeah. out because. You it's know, you everything about me. I did not go do a LinkedIn check Nobody, on you, so I, I want to know how long you <laughs> My audience knows me. Uh, anyway, only a uh, oh. couple of years. I joined, I, joined NTU in, I joined NTU in 2017, so I've been uh, an assistant professor for two years. Uh, before that, I was a postdoctoral fellow. Yeah. So, right. So why so, aren't yeah. you in politics yet? The last year is the actual uh-huh. It's, it's, it's really not, not for you. Uh, no, think, really, really. I think no. uh, I think uh, some people are better suited. I I think I would just lose uh, my, the election, so I wouldn't I wouldn't do well. Uh, so no, but that's not that. true. You should always try. Remember what Obama said: step up, dive in, <laughs> stay I'm at more, it. I'm more of a Bernie than an Obama person. So, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's get to it. Uh, as, and as the audience can see, uh, Mr. Jose also has a good sense of humor from what I've seen and know of him. So hopefully tonight will be fun. The target is about forty minutes. Okay, all right. So yeah. All right. So about so forty first, minutes, but we're not we're not on Zoom. We're on IG Live. So why is there a forty minute break? Forty minutes is. Is this like is this like span. is this attention is this like the free span. version of IG Live or something? <laughs> the attention span. <laughs> <laughs> the attention span of an average student. Right. So uh, you asked me why I joined politics, right? So the, the question yeah, I really yes, wanted to yes. ask you later on, later on is, okay. is why, why you joined the SPP. But firstly, what went wrong for, for you? Because I think there were a lot of things that went right. Getting 40% against an established uh, PAP candidate, I think it's a good result in isolation. But if you look at the national swing against the PAP mm. of about 9%, then it has to be viewed mm. as a disappointment, doesn't it? Well, yes, it, it, it was a disappointment. But, um, I mean, I always look on the positive uh, of uh, everything. Um, first and foremost, uh, let's not forget that I was up against uh, a candidate who has been there for 20 years. Um, you know, he was there since, what, year 2000, maybe, maybe slightly before that. Um, 
and and that means you know he's really got a very very strong connection with people in Potompasi. Um, so that's the first thing. Second second thing is you know he's a seasoned campaigner. He's a seasoned campaigner. Let's not forget that you know when you when you're a seasoned campaigner with a very good uh, grassroots team and the people who have been in battles in and out of battles since 2000 or 2001, um, you know that means you know I'm always going to be up against it. Um, but on the on on the on the on the bright side, let's 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 not uh, forget that apart from the 40 percent uh, returns. Um, the SPP is a small party. We consider a small party. The SPP is considered a small party, and and my returns actually was the highest among all the small parties. And in fact, I also had higher returns than some of the SDP candidates, uh, higher returns than some of the PSP candidates, and I also got a higher return than Hong Chuang uh, in Haogang. You know, sorry, Hong Chuang, but but it's a fact. So. Uh, you know, so in, in, in retrospect, I, I kind of think, I think that, you know, be it as it may, uh, I, I looked back and thought, you know, it was a damn good battle and I enjoyed every second of it. All right. So, I mean, it, it's clear that, I mean, you have a very endearing personality and even in your interview... Endearing in what way, Wally? Well, <laughs> so, endearing in what <laughs> way? Well, you must explain that. Endearing I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. Endearing in what way? No, but you can't I, use I, that word and say all seen, personality, right? I've seen, I've seen your interview with PJ Tam and you, have a, you had a good sense of humour, it seems. And you clearly wanted to have an emotional connection with the voters, right? And I think, I think based on what I've heard from people there, you did that pretty well. Uh, so my question is, is, clearly that isn't enough, isn't it? You need to have more than an endearing personality. No. Or a... yes. yes, you, you, you have got a, you, it's a multi-pronged multi -pronged strategy. Okay, it's always a multi-pronged approach. The emotional connection is just one part of it. Second, you've got to have a very good, strong um, team, your backroom team to support you um, throughout the entire campaign, and he, actually even before that. Um, third, you must really be able to connect with people at an intellectual level because the electorate is going to be made up of multiple groups. You'll have your elderly, you'll have your, you will have your oh, uh, first-time voters, you'll have your PMETs, you'll have your uh, uh, people who have been new residents in the estate, you'll have new citizens. You must be able to connect with them on multiple levels, and what's the the unfortunate thing is um, the unfortunate thing is you're never going to be able to meet every single one of them in the course of your time spent on the ground. Even though it's a couple of years, you will not be able to meet many of them. Some of them are in condominiums, and you'll never get access to condominiums unless the condo actually gives you access. Um, you will never be able to meet everybody in their private homes because sometimes when you head down there and knock on doors, um, not every one of them would be in or sometimes they send someone else out to the gates. Um, and that's the reality of it. It's not like as though I'm going to be facing that alone. I think uh, all candidates face this problem. So um, having an endearing personality aside or having uh, an emotional connection to people, I think what's really important is the visibility and the ability to reach out to as many people as possible across the spectrum right. in a short period of time as possible. Right. You right. should try it sometime you know, and see whether it actually, <laughs> um, whether you can actually enjoy it. I don't think I'll win. No, but you that's, have to try it. I mean, how are you going to know if you haven't even tried it? You should try it once. <laughs> at least do it once. 
I'm not I saying mean, for Google, but try it once. I mean, I mean, it's like my son, my son, uh, I, me telling my son, you should never try drugs. And my, my son saying, how would you know you haven't tried it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's a, that's a good excuse. Please tell your son, you know, drugs are bad. You know, ask him to uh, ask him to watch cocaine course on Netflix, and he'll probably know what it means. You know, not take it. So right, right. It destroys, right. It destroys everybody. Right, and also that's the impression a lot of people have of politics. Right, that that's that's a difficult, not only difficult. Sometimes it can get dirty and messy and gutter. And that's why a lot of people prefer to watch and observe and rather than get involved. Although I have to say, you and your opponent both conducted yourself in a very, uh, very gentlemanly, very amicable manner. And I think I, hopefully we see more of that throughout Singapore. We didn't exactly see that throughout all the constituencies. But hopefully we we see that. Uh, my second. Oh yes, question. and and oh, I, yes. Must, and I sure, must, sure. must I must I must tell you that uh, I mean just just to add on to that point uh, about gentlemanly, I must I must say that I actually had breakfast with um, my opponent and his right hand man just two weeks ago. Oh, uh, nice. it's just that we did not we did not take photos and post it or anything, but we right. it was a promise why, we why to each other. That we I was will. speaker of parliament. Did it. Why didn't you? Why didn't you do? But, well, it was an opportunity for us just to catch up because we made a promise to each other uh, at the nomination center. Regardless of the result, we should catch up for our breakfast or lunch. Nice. You know, after the GE is over, and and we both caught up. And and what we did was we had a bit of a sharing. We had a good laugh. Uh, we talked a bit of football because, um, um, interestingly, was uh, you know in twenty or six when I was still a journalist, I actually bumped into Sito Ipin in Dortmund before a World Cup match. Oh. We were both queuing up to buy drinks at the stadium. Oh. So he was just two persons. And I tapped him and I said, aren't you Sito? And yeah, so we were just talking a bit of football and it was, um, yeah, we just caught up and, and had a chat. I kind of shared with him some ideas. I shared with him some of the things, which um, some of the feedback I received. And, and, and yeah, it, and, and I, think, I think that's the kind of approach which I have been talking about throughout the right. entire campaign of being able to work together regardless of the flag you bear politically because at the end of it, we all um, Singaporeans, you know, and, and we, get, we, we stand by the same flag. Right. I mean, that's, that's really a heartwarming story and I hope we hear more of such stories. And, and the fact that you didn't post it, clearly you were, you were not uh, doing it for the likes, and, uh, which, is, uh, which is not wrong as well. Politicians have to do that. Uh, there, there is a comment here that uh, Mr. Jose, hope you can compete in Potong Pasir in 2025. Hope you can win. Uh, that's assuming Potong Pasir SMC is still around in 2025. Yeah, Iqbal Mazlan is probably one of my most ardent supporters. I see him uh, you know, liking my posts or even sharing okay. stuff on stories. And I really thank him very much for his enthusiasm. But let me, let me just point out a fact. Um, and this is information which can be uh, attained just by doing a little bit of research online, um, I think by the time the next elections comes by, there will be more voters in Bidadari than there will be in Potong Pasir Estate. Bidadari is a huge estate. Mm. So if this entire boundaries, um, you know, has uh, Bidadari and Potong Pasir and Juicing and, and, and McPherson Gardens Estate and, and, and Senate Estate and, and, and all the condos around it, um, my, my, my reckoning is, you know, it'll be the makeup of the town will be completely different because Bidadari yeah. will, be, will have a huge chunk of voters. So I'm just saying that, you know, factually, you know, if you do the research, you'll be able to see that it'll be a very different town. And whether and or not that, it remains... And your chances um, are higher of winning or lower, assuming it's not, it's not gerrymandered too much. 
Hey, but Professor Wallet, you're making this assumption that I might stand or, exactly. or that I'll stay in Potong Pasir. So, based based on see, this question. My, my, my view is I will just continue having to work and help people on the ground as much as possible. Um, you know, there are some things which are within my control and what's within my control is how I spend my time, how I reach out to help people regardless where the area is. And um, what's not within my control is worrying about, well, about, about is the boundary changes. And I must not be fixated on what's going to happen then. Um, I must be fixated about being able to help people on the ground. I think that's most important to me, regardless sure. where I actually go and, and, sure. and sort out. Sure. But, but surely every politician wants to help uh, people on the ground. And surely winning is the best way to help people on the ground. So surely you must think about crafting strategies to that's, win. That's, that's not true, though. That's not absolutely true. Because some of us, I mean, okay, not some of us, but someone like me sometimes feels that maybe being involved in a political party. Oh, sorry, sorry. But before I continue saying all of this, let me just say that these are all my personal views and do not reflect the views of any of the organizations sure. in which I sit on, you know, politically or non-political. So these are all my personal views. <laughs> so which means that, you know, if anyone out there who's waiting to have that aha moment on me, too bad. I've already had my disclaimer. So... <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I have, I was a personality outside of politics, you know, because of the, my, my, my various roles, um, because of my roles in public service, because of my time as a journalist, um, because of my roles in, um, you know, in nonprofits. And I was really a voice outside of politics. So that means um, I will be able to continue doing my work outside of politics. So sometimes the question I ask myself is, am I more effective in or outside of politics? And that's a question which I grapple with all the time. In fact, I've got friends who are always giving me different perspectives on this. And right. I, I don't disagree with both sides. Um, it's just that, you know, getting involved in politics is always uh, an emotional, as much as an intellectual decision to right. make. Right. And, and, and for me, sometimes I wonder what is it, what would be like um, you know, to be involved outside of politics, which is why I think my work in sports, right, in sports-related matters, um, actually allows me that opportunity to, to sometimes not use my political um, uh, positions um, to talk about an issue, you know, because sometimes I think, you know, it complicates um, my work in the sports sector, um, especially because I'm involved in politics, you know, because right. not everything involved, not everything I say in the sports sector should be politicized, you know, and, right. and sometimes I worry, sometimes when I say something, it's going to end up being, oh, Jose Raymond is the chairman of the political party and right. he's saying this, but it's not a political matter which I want to bring up, but it's a right. sports matter. And sports, sure. again, also transcends politics, you see. Right. You know, so, so that's my, my, my conundrum, uh, which I face sometimes. Right, I, I understand. And I think that, that is something a lot of people who want to join politics, they, they think about the same thing as well. So on, on your party specifically, uh, is it merely a Mr. Chiam party, a Chiam Sitong party, and uh, the SPP is just relying on uh, SPP's, uh, on Mr. Chiam's name? And there was a person, uh, a resident of Bishan Topayo who asked, why is it that the, P, uh, the SPP spend more money there than in Potong Pasir? Is it because they're riding just merely on Mr. Chiam's name? Uh, I did not spend more money in Potong Pasir, uh, in, in no, Potong no, Pasir no. than... No, 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 no. The Bishan Topayo spent more time. Yeah, yeah. Bishan Topayo yeah. spent more money. Yes, yes, yes. The According Bishan to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spent more yeah. money. 
Yeah, yeah. Bishan Topayu is a GRC, what? Bishan Topayu is a GRC, voter, right? Per voter, right? Or per voter, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, yeah. but you, 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 again, you know, it's how you frame it, right? Um, I, I maintain and manage my costs very well. I manage my expenses pretty well. If you take a look at um, the results, that's one. And you take a look at the, in terms of the volume of share of voice in the online space in, throughout the elections, um, I had more uh, share of voice in the online space than the Bishan Topayo team. So mm. it only shows that, right. you know, and, I mean, the fact that you are having this conversation with me now after the elections also means that there's something which I did was right, which, you're, which you think was interesting enough for you to want to talk to me. Um, so what it means is that even though I may have spent slightly less, it means that I actually have spent a very effect, uh, effectively in trying to get my message out. And I did it mainly, I managed to do it in, in, in effectively, I think in terms of expenditure, because I planned early. I had managed to get my manifesto ready by March. I was able to get my um, posters printed by April. So I did not have to rush and did not have to rush and, you know, face the whole uh, backlog, log up, log, uh, the backlog uh, of when the elections is called and everyone's trying to get, get the, the work done. And I think that also actually elevated costs a little bit. But I managed to do all of it like way before the elections was called. So the moment the EBRC was uh, announced, it's um, the, the boundaries, my posters went for print. And, and I think that's why I managed to get the very reasonable prices and maintain right. my costs um, what, very what, effectively. What about the Cham Setong uh, question? So is the SPP too reliant on the Cham Setong factor? Um, I think you must look at it in this way. And okay, the question which I want to ask you is, um, how did I run my campaign in Potompase? Like in Potompase, right? How did I run my campaign throughout the entire uh, nine days of campaigning? I ran it on my own with my entire team, you know, and um, we actually went to the ground ourselves. Um, and throughout the entire campaign, I need you to ask this question. I need mm. you to answer, I mean, look at the research and ask yourselves this question throughout the entire campaign from nomination day all the way to election day. Did I use Shamsi Tong's name? Did I, what was I talking about? What exactly was I referring to in the course of my campaign? Was I talking about the past or was I talking about the future? Was mm. I talking about the services which I could render? And or exact, so think about that in that way. But let me just say that in today's context, people will not look to the past. They are going to look to the candidate, scrutinize the candidate left, right, and center, up and down, and then make their decision because they know, they know that the person whom they, not, whom they, whom they mark X is going to be the one they're going to have to be, to, to be the one who's going to end up serving them. They're not going to look to the history. They're going to look to the past. You know, and, and I think that's also one of the issues which the ruling party probably even, or the activists of the ruling party also sometimes grapple with, you know, sometimes bringing up uh, what happened in 65 or 70 and 75 or how, you know, it was done in the past. It's not, it's not going to help them in the end because right. people are more interested in figuring out what can you right. do for me down the line or in right. the future. I think that's more important. Right. I, I so agree. we have got to, we have got to move away. If the perception is that, you know, we are a one-man party, we have got to move away from that. Right. That's okay. the challenge. 
of this political party. Okay. Or any I, I political think, party. I think that's a that's a very good answer. So, my question to you is: I cannot I cannot help but think that if you were in the Workers Party, you would be a member of Parliament right now. Uh, so my question to you is: Did you join the wrong party? There is no wrong party or right party. We all, like I said earlier, we 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 enter politics for emotional reasons, um, and you know there is this emotional connection which I have because in '84 I was in Potong Pasir. The chums, Mr. Chum helped my family when we needed them most in 1990, and you know I would not be doing this as in like standing for elections in frontline politics for any other political party. That means if today I make a decision to exit the SPP, right. and I will not you. join any political party. Even if the leader of the opposition calls you and says... Yes, yes. We because, need you, we you, need know. you and you replace me in Aljunit. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, they need you, Wale. They need you. You are the one, You're the one who's going to be able to do that, play that role. No, but seriously, I, if, I, if Pritam called you, you would say no, flat out no, or you wouldn't even no, say... No, I will, yes, yes, I will say no because I came into this for a reason. There is an emotional connection and if I exit, that has got to be it. That's right. it. Because my, 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 duty, my duty to serve you know, as a result of you know, whatever emotional connection I have has already been fulfilled. Right. I will continue helping people I will, in many other ways. Social work, sports activism. That is, you know, I can, like I said, you know, I will be able to continue doing the work which I've done outside of politics. And right. I mean, obviously, because... Um, you know, there is life outside of politics and we, we, right, right. we do not need to, um, you know, live by it or, you know, for me, it's, yes, it's a way of life for some people. Um, but for me, I believe that, you know, I'll still be as effective as a voice outside of politics. But you, like I said, you have got to make that decision. <laughs> if you get that call, you have got to take that call, Professor no, Malik. You, the future, your children need you to be in there. I, I, okay, first of all, right, I think none of us, none of us and, uh, should have the hero complex. Right? Oh, if I don't do it, right, somebody else will do it. So I really, uh, I, if I don't do it, nobody else will do it. Because I always think there will always be somebody, somebody Absolutely. out there who will do it. Uh, so I, I really like the question that, uh, that uh, the, the statement that you made. And, you know, for me myself, I have a lot of, I don't know Mr. Chum personally, but I have a lot of gratitude to him for doing what he did, especially at that time, it wasn't easy at all. So I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, so I can see where you're coming from. If you have that emotional connection with someone like that, you would feel indebted towards him. But the question I have for you is, if just to push you, you a little bit on this, why is that a good reason for voters to vote for you, to choose you as a member of parliament? If, it, if, you, are, if you are joining just based on an emotional connection for Mr. Chum, shouldn't it be beyond that? Shouldn't it be, of I'm course. joining because I want to serve the country? Of course. No, you see, it's a, it's a multitude of factors, right? You, will, you must only get involved in politics if you think you will be able to bring something to the table. What did I bring to the table? I'll tell you. Number one, I'm passionate for people. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy meeting people. And I enjoy listening to problems and trying to figure out how to solve those problems. Second, I am what you call a modernist in my thinking. I think there is a way in which 
we can move towards a political regime where we are able to work together. And I'm very glad that, you know, I think we are kind of like moving towards that. Um, right. You know, and let's not forget that I was actually talking about this throughout the entire campaign, you know, being able to work together regardless of the party flag which we bear, you know, right. and, and, and it's good that, you know, I think even today the PM's speech, you know, was talked about, um, you know, alluding to the fact that, you know, we need to be able to see across our, um, our affiliations to party politics and, right. you know, we must be able to find ways to work together and I think, I think that's what I bring to the table and, you know, I th- we must also be able to have people at the table who will be able to look at problems at ground level and try to see how we can actually make changes at um, not just municipal level, but at national level. You know, so these problems which we face over and over on the ground, whether or not it's a single mother who's unable to find, you know, um, get an approval for, for, for a flat, or whether or not it's um, issues in related to discrimination, we must be able to solve those problems, not just on the ground, but then be able to bring it up at a national level so that those problems can be addressed in parliament. Because right. all of it has got to lead to policy changes at a national level. You see, if we continue just bringing up questions in relation to municipal issues in parliament, then how are we, how are we addressing right. issues of, of living? How are Absolutely. we addressing issues of our decay of our HDB homes? How are, we ha- how, how are we solving problems of unemployment or potential unemployment? That's right. what I bring to the table. And you must be able to do it knowing that the system has got its failures and accepting that, you know, we can be that voice for change. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what that, I brought to the table. That's, 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 oh, that's what really I thought I brought to the table. I think you did. I think you did. And I think, I mean, I haven't heard a bad word about you, but uh, it just... Uh, just based on those reasons, right? There is no reason for you to only stand under the SPP then. Uh, but I'll just leave it at no, that. I mean... but, but, no, but like I said... Um, because you'll bring those I, things to the table regardless of the party. Yeah, but I'll, like I said, you know, I can still be a voice for people outside of politics. I will be able to open doors for people. I'll be able to help them with roles or jobs if okay. they need help. What, what I will Mr. Chum be said, able to... Mr. Chum said, Jose, uh, join Pritam. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be able to say that. And, um, and, but, you know, I, I, am, I am in awe, um, you know, knowing, I mean, especially if you're someone who, like me who has followed politics, you know, whether or not in history and, or whether or not as a journalist, I'm in awe um, of what the Workers' Party has done for itself, you know, and I think that's amazing and uh, immeasurable and it's going to take, you know, it, it takes a lot of hard work to get to where they are today and we must respect that for what they've done. You know, it also shows that, you know, something which they've done um, has worked, has worked and it's worked really, really well. You right. see, and, and sometimes you look back in history or even our own political history and you realize that, you know, sometimes... We make, you know, parties make mistakes and those right. mistakes are then irreversible, right. irreversible. You know, that's, that's how I, I view it. And um, no, but again, to answer your question and let me put it very, very, <laughs> because you seem to be like going there all the time. <laughs> so let me, let me just say once and for all that if I do, for some reason, someday decide to exit um, SBP, I will not join any other political party because I came into this for an emotional reason with, with something which I believe very strongly in 
and I'll have to exit and not be able to, and not just hop to another party because those are my, that's, that's me as a, as a, as a, you know, uh, those are my, uh, that's my thinking when it comes to okay, whether or not this is something which I can do elsewhere. No, this is not something I can do elsewhere. This is something which I need to do here. And if I can't do it here, then, you know, I have got to exit and not join sure, another okay. political party. Right. It also, and, also damage my branding anyway. My personal <laughs> branding. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so on that note, and since you referenced PM's speech, uh, Pravin asked that uh, the PM criticised the opposition strategy of enticing voters by assuring them the PAP will form government and therefore you can just vote for the opposition. Uh, and uh, maybe that was also a, uh, an indirect criticism, maybe unintended of voters. Uh, so, do you have any comments on, on uh, that statement? Is that a fair statement? Is it wrong for voters to think like that? Uh, what are your thoughts? I think we should never discount the intelligence of the voter. Um, exactly. I think voters, voters in different areas uh, vote according to what they're feeling on the ground. And I, I, I believe we have come to a stage in our political maturity where we must respect the voter for how he or she votes. And um, and look at the reasons why they vote a certain way, you know, and and not so much um, give them the respect that you know they vote a certain way because maybe a they feel the PAP can still be the government or maybe they also felt that there is another party or another bunch of candidates who deserve um, you know to be elected because they are, bring value to the table. Uh, I think it's important for us to always analyze where we went wrong and try to do better. Right. I, that, that's I, agree with you. That, yeah. I agree with you. And I think no voter owes any party, PAP or the opposition, their vote. And they can vote yeah. however we've got to work way hard they for want. It. And exactly. They need, to, they need to be earned the votes. So exactly. uh, another, another question I would uh, have for you is, as a minority, and this is a genuine question, uh, do you feel that you were at an electoral disadvantage? You know, I... I never see myself through the lens of a minority. I see myself through the lens of a Singaporean. And I so, always I make mean, it a point. I, I mean, that's a politically correct answer because no, 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 we no, know, we know from a very young age that society will... You may not see yourself as a minority, but society will remind you every now and again that you're a minority. No? Yeah, but you see, and that's where I remind people that... The first member of parliament in Potong Pase when he was formed as a constituency in 1968 was an Indian. His name was Salapa Ramaswamy, but he was uncontested. His successor was a Eurasian, Ivan Baptist, who served two terms. You know, and he was standing in a predominantly Chinese area and still won. Now, as Rajaratnam, the first time there was an electoral contest post-independence, he was in Kampung Glam in 1976. He won. So did Jayakumar in Badok because he was my MP when I was a kid, huh? right? All of them, all of them, sorry, I forgot to mention JB Jayaratnam, 1981. Right. Murali Pillay in 2016. These are all uh, single-member constituencies and who had minority candidates who were standing for elections and who won handsomely. Now, I cannot imagine that, you know, 55 years later, after independence, after we talk about, regardless of race, language, or religion, we are still talking about you are a minority and you have got a disadvantage. I tend not to see myself through those lenses. And, 
And even if people come up to me and tell me that, um, oh, you're a minority, no wonder you lost. I'll say, well, then so be it. Then I've got to educate you that it is not the race. It is the person. And if you believe that this person is going to be able to bring value to the table, then you vote for him. If not, don't. Simple as that. Because I think that's how we also have, uh, we help our electorate mature. You know, so that you're able to see things through lenses, right. not as, you know, through our race, but through the value which they bring to the table. That's why, Professor Valley, you need to stand for elections as well. <laughs> you know, you need to cross that line and say, yes, I, Professor Wale Jumlan, will stand for elections because I believe that I can bring value to the table as a Singaporean, not as a minority, but as a Singaporean. There you I, go. <laughs> I don't know how you got from the minority question to me joining politics. But I, I, get, I, get, that, I get that. I mean, that's, I think that's the attitude every minority candidate should take, right? Uh, but at the same time, would you... It's not wrong for somebody to feel an affinity towards somebody who looks like you, who speaks like you. And ethnicity is just one of those markers. It's just one of the markers. It can be gender, can be sexuality, can be religion, can be any football club, right? But wouldn't ethnicity still play a part in not racist voting, but racial voting? I, well, let me put it to you this way, right? Podong Pase SMC with its 19,500 voters or thereabouts is predominantly Chinese. I still had 40% of the vote. So, you know, that means that, you know, I've actually crossed the racial boundaries in many, many ways. Because if I had not had the votes of the Chinese majority, I'd probably right, be hovering right. around 20, 20 plus. Right, 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 right. Right? So I believe that in an educated population, an educated electorate, they will, they will more see, see, the, see the candidate um, who's standing there um, more than the race or more than, you know, I think they're going to see the value which the candidate brings to the table. And, they, and, and, and that's not saying that, you know, um, if I was another race, I would do better. That's a crazy dangerous line to get to. No, we should never cross that line because, you know, we see each other through the eyes of us being fellow Singaporeans. Right, okay. Uh, that would be in an ideal world, right? But politics No, but you know, it's been like 55 years and we are still talking about, you know... Well, America racial... has been independent for 200 years, right? And they are still talking yes. about race. And... So of course, race, of course. Yes, so it's always... It's, it, is, it, is, it is something we've always been aspiring to. But we have got to continue realising that we should look at ourselves more through the lens of Singaporeans as more as opposed to lens of uh, being a right. uh, our racist. Right. Okay. The next I, time I, I'm going to, I'm going to have, the next time I have like a candidate who's a mixture of a Chinese and Indian, what are you going to call him? Chindian? What, what, what are we yeah, going to call Chindian. him? Our Chindian. first ever, our first ever Chindian uh, <laughs> candidate. Right. You know, then what happens if it's a, a mixture between a Malay and a Chinese? What are we going to do? Right, right, right. Yeah. What are we going to do? Right. right, definitely, and I, I think the uh, the the attitude that uh, you are projecting, I think, is is definitely how minority candidates should be thinking about elections. But I cannot discount the the, uh, the possibility that racial voting still occurs. I'm not saying whether elections turn on that. I just genuinely don't know. Uh, so, uh, oh, but perhaps, but yeah. but if 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 but if racial voting occurs, 
how do you explain the the victory of Alginia GRC team, which had three right. minorities? Three minorities, right? Yeah. I mean, you had three minorities, right? Yeah, Leon, Pritam, and uh, Faisal, right? But see, the thing in is, in a predominantly right, Chinese area, the thing the thing is, right? For a minority, you have to be like Pritam level to win. Right? <laughs> Absolutely yes. You also, we got all work doubly you hard. Have to be, ah, yeah. right, exactly right. You have to be Taman level to be considered. SM Taman to be considered. <laughs> okay, so which means you know from now onwards, I gotta start learning a third or fourth language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so Jack, Jacqueline asked, and I have to answer this. Uh, ask, ask you this question. She's a mutual friend. Uh, uh, is there anything you would have done differently, something that you did wrong during the campaign that you wouldn't do again the next time you're contesting um, uh, in Aljunit? Aljunit? Hey, <laughs> what are you saying? Bola? What do you mean? I'm not contesting you in Aljunit at all. Please. No, the next time you're contesting, sorry, sorry. Yeah. If I had done anything differently, well, I think I would have probably tried to uh, reach out to the condominium uh, dwellers, the residents in the condominiums, and maybe even in the private estate, uh, center estate, a lot more um, than I than I spent. I I don't think I spent enough time getting to know the residents in the condominiums as well as the um, center estate uh, more than I did in the people in Chusing or Potong Pasir or maybe even Bidadari. Um, and I think that was um, one regret which I had because um, you see, like I said, you know, the needs of the residents in the estate in any estate will differ. So the needs of people in the, in the HDB dwellers will be very different from the needs of um, right. residents in the private estates. Um, right. So yes, so my strategy was really, you know, to, to take it down local. But um, what I could have done a bit more is go slightly more national. Um, you know, talk about some of the issues which we face as a country. And I think that's something which I probably did not do enough of. Um, and I think I should have. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, thank, thanks for that. That was refreshing. I think let's just continue for five more minutes because I'm enjoying this. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I, uh, I already told uh, you we so, will always, you know, always, I always talk too much. <laughs> right. So, and this always uh, puts it all in. Uh, you mentioned that, you mentioned that uh, different classes, different socioeconomic backgrounds would determine, would probably have different concerns, right? Uh, absolutely absolutely uh, background yeah so why what why wouldn't people from different racial backgrounds have different racial concerns they they different racial concerns I, I think people across the board have got concerns um, if you speak to some of the Indian uh, some of the Indians in the Indian community in even in Potong Paso or anywhere else one of the things they talk about is the erosion of the Tamil language um, sometimes then you speak to um, mm. Some of my some of the Malay residents in in in, in Potong Pasir, even elsewhere, um, they will talk about uh, the lack of opportunities, or even the fact that you know that that the, the uh, ethnic integration policy, you know, does, does not give them the opportunity to sell their homes to right, the which, open market. And Sylvia mentioned uh, yesterday, yeah, right, yeah, correct. And we we actually put that into our manifesto as well, our party manifesto, the abolition of the uh, ethnic integration policy. We actually put that in our manifesto. Um, so. Yeah, so you yeah. see, yes, that's why, you know, I think um, what Sylvia actually spoke about yesterday is yeah. it's timely to have those discussions because yeah, it, it does lead to, yeah. it does lead to, you know, issues with some of our minority friends face on the ground. Right. You know, they do have problems selling to someone from their own race because 
Uh, and even when they do, they do end up selling at a lower price than they would have to if they had sold it on the open market to anyone. Right. These are concerns which people face. Yes, I do know the counter uh, narrative to this. You know, or if we do that, then there'll be racial enclaves. But, but then we know when it comes at the back or when our policies come at the back of someone losing out, then, then I have a problem with that. It only means that we're not mm. being fair. We're not right. being fair. We're supposed to be fair to everybody. Right. You see? Okay. Yeah. And you I know, mean, what's, uh, the I, I, what's the point of having right, an right. integration policy in the housing estates, in, in, in HDB estates, when none exists in the condominiums? And sometimes you have right. got right. enclaves building up in some of the condos and you know that this exists. Right. Which, right. So, you know, so, so I think I, we got to be fair. Yeah, I think uh, Sylvia's limb, as you said, was uh, Sylvia's speech was so timely, and I think we really need to take take it seriously. Whatever she said. So my my final question to you is before I ask you for final so far. Final really? question, yes. <laughs> it's really? really? <laughs> but I haven't even started asking you any questions yet. <laughs> <laughs> so who's your favorite PAP MP and why? In the spirit of uh, rapprochement, and you know, uh, we do not want but, uh, polarization. Uh, you... So can you? But are you going to tell me your favorite PAPMP as well? Okay, I can. I can tell you a little All right, set the deal. Okay, okay. <laughs> can, I, can I perhaps share uh, a former, former PAPMP? Does that, does that count? Oh, former, that's a copal. Why not a No, <laughs> because I haven't worked with the guys in the current parliament as much as I did in the previous parliament. <laughs> You know, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yes, good. Well, my, 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 and I'll give you the reason why I, I, I am going to say this guy was my favorite PAP MP. Um, it's also, I'll explain the reason why um, he's Tio Salak. Oh, Salak, that's yeah. a surprise. Yeah, why, why, why is yeah. that there? Let me explain why. Um, and this is when, um, okay, uh, he, when he was, um, when I was a civil servant, he, sorry, when I was a journalist when I first got to know him. And, um, and then when I joined public service, I was in the sports, uh, sports, sports council, which is uh, Sports Singapore now. And along with him, we worked on many projects together because he was our senior parliamentary secretary. Uh, we worked on um, Asian Youth Games. We worked on uh, YOG. During the YOG, I was his uh, press secretary. Uh, he was a Youth Olympic Games village mayor, and I was his press secretary. And um, in, in the course of my time uh, in, 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 in Sports Singapore, I was... Um, I was a head of communications, like me, Singapore's media attache uh, for our Team Singapore contingent to a couple of games. And these include the, the Asian Games to Guangzhou in uh, 2010 and the uh, Commonwealth Games to, in, in Delhi in 2010. So let me explain to you, let me share with you something which happened in 2010 in Delhi, uh, which really made me, which, which my, made me realize that um, this is someone I'll take a bullet for. Wow. Okay, so... We are, we, are, we are traveling in the same car, uh, visiting all our athletes who are participating in the competitions. So um, it was Delhi and it was hot, <laughs> hot. So we were traveling, you know, obviously we have a driver and we were traveling um, to some of the multiple venues and, and um, along the road, right? I was sitting on one side of the car, he was sitting on the other side of the car. We were, we were both staring out. Okay, I mean, we were having some conversation, but we were staring out. And we saw, and we saw that there were um, police officers who were guarding them, I mean, who were standing throughout the entire road, um, you know, lining up the streets, you know, leading to the competition venues. And we both saw something, which, but we never said anything to each other. But we saw, and what we saw was this. It was hot. 
there was no shelter, there was no umbrellas. The, the, the police officers, the Indian police officers were just standing, they were perspiring and they had no water bottles around them. Okay, so let me tell you what instinctively we did. When we went to the next venue, um, you know, and in, in, in the venue we were, because we had passes, right? So we were, we had got hospitality, we have got our VIP area, VVIP areas. Um, and we went and visited our athletes, you know, stayed for a bit. On the way out, he asked me this question, do you have a bag? I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know what we did? <laughs> we went and emptied all the water bottles, the cold water from the, from the fridge refrigerators in the VVIP area. We just emptied everything. Wow. And when we went out along the way, when we were like driving out, we stopped and gave the water bottle to every single police officer along that wow. entire stretch. Wow. Instinctively. You know, so it doesn't matter who you are, but you know, when we see that, that basically showed me that this is a human being. Oh, I agree. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm very impressed, especially when he has nothing to gain from, from that. And we have, we have nothing to gain. Right, 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 like, right, right. We have nothing to gain. And, but you know what? We went and emptied the water, the, all the cold water, the glucosate and whatever was in there. We just emptied without anyone seeing, put into right. our bag, and then we started distributing out on the way out. And, um, you know, from then on, even though we have our differences in opinion sometimes, I ended up serving um, him when I exited, uh, when I joined, uh, I became, he asked me to help him out in the CDC, Northeast CDC when I was a mayor. I ended up oh. serving uh, in the CDC for about four years. Um, you know, because I, 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 and even till today, we are still in contact. We are, oh, you know, wow, once in a while, he'll text nice. me, disturb me. You know, after okay. the elections, he sent me saying, you know, not bad, first timer, you know. So I think, um, but, it was that moment, what I saw, which made me realize that I would take a bullet for this guy. Wow. You know, and, and, and I think, and I think this is where, you know, yeah, and, and, and I, I think, and plus we all both, both of us are kind of like uh, sports activists. We love sports. We, know, right. we, 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 we talk sports all the time, you know, when we were in service, every now and then, you know, and even till today, you know, sometimes he, I mean, I, I know he doesn't like me, probably not like me telling me this, but he would check in on me and ask me, you know, how is that athlete doing? You know, does he need help? You know, how's that athlete doing? Does he need help? And we help. We have go and help those athletes out. So, you see, that's when I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. They know. I mean, you know, I think someone like him will know that, you know, even though, yes, I wear a different party political flag, but we care for people. And I think he cares yeah. for people. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a very nice story to hear. Thanks for that. So do you have uh, three recommendations? You for have me answered oh. my question. <laughs> Sorry, I Who forgot. <laughs> so my, my favorite PAP MP is the next one who comes on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the next one who comes oh, You got me there. terrible. There's a cop-out. That is a cop-out. <laughs> so uh, do you have three recommendations for me uh, for uh, who I should try to uh, approach aggressively to come on the show. I well, I agree with Basse Siswo that you know you should get Pritam Singh on board. That's uh, one, okay. right? You know, but but I'm but I'm very sure he's not going to be as humorous as I am. <laughs> <laughs> so challenge challenge thrown to him. Okay, I will. Anyone okay, who is on texting terms with Pritam, please convey that message to. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think you should also you should also try to get um uh, uh, uh well SM Taman um I think obviously you know uh, there are a lot of people who would 
enjoy listening to his uh, wisdom. Um, and, and I think maybe one of the backbenchers uh, whom, I th whom I believe has got a lot to offer and who's also possibly, I mean, who's also one of the new faces. Um, and I think you can also talk to her about issues faced by, 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 by women who come from you know, lower social economic backgrounds. I think Carrie Tan has got a lot to offer, I think, mm. in terms of her background um, into where she came from and setting up uh, babes and uh, setting up um, Daughters of Tomorrow. Um, so I believe that you know, you'll be able to at least have you know, somebody who's done it um, you know, been in politics for so long, who's, who's constantly being put into a limelight as you know, one of Singapore's most wisest um, economists or politicians. And then you've got this new uh, PAPMP, um, Carrie, who's actually uh, done a lot of work um, in, 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 well, in, I mean, in uh, social service, in social service organizations. And right. obviously, um, you know, cares for people. So I think, I think these are two people you should, I mean, plus, plus Pisama, you know, so, so right. three, these three are my I thought you were going to oh, ask me, well, you know, what's my three recommendations for food to eat in Potong Pasi? I was about to <laughs> rattle off the three food places for you to go eat. <laughs> and that one, I'll, I'll text you later. So, Mr. Ozi, thank you very much. This was very, very enjoyable. I'm sure the audience agrees. This was the most lighthearted one, but seriously. Yeah, no, no, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so, for thank having me. Thank you so yeah. much and for your candid nature as well. So, I'll be uploading this. Uh, and... I don't think there's any good tetari in Potong Pasir. You should come over to the east sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll okay. take you up on that offer one of these days. Okay. That is one. Yeah, but you should right. you know, offer say yes and enter politics. You know, that's what you should do as well. 